welcome to the first backing paper of 2022. Yeah, we couldn't let it lie. We thought, no, we've got some emails. There's a place where emails live, and that place is backing paper. And as threatened on the podcast last week, who better to bring back to read, and I use that word in the loosest <laughs> possible sense, some emails, but Matthew Joseph, Matthew Welcome back to the Sunny 16 family of podcasts. Thank you. I am doing this of my own free will, <laughs> and my family will not suffer any consequences if I don't do it. Okay, and could you just hold up that newspaper with today's date on it, please? <laughs> i got to get... Perfect, thank you. <laughs> Matthew, how have you been? Because we were talking about this. So we we um, got on the call together and you said, oh, you're using Google Meet now. And it, that made me realize that it has been you know, over a year and a half since mm-hmm. you and I sat down to record something. We've chatted in between time, but it's been yeah. a while since we've done this, isn't it? How have you been it's since been, then? It, yeah, it's well, you know. <laughs> Everything's despite, been great. Despite, despite, yeah, everything's been fine. Thank you for asking. How are you? No, it's yeah, it's been all right. I've I was in a bit of a creative slump last year, late part of last year, but you know, just trying to live as normally as possible during these unusual times that we are in. Mm. Um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been weird, hasn't it? Because I mean, it's one of those over in Australia yeah. You've been having some fairly hefty lockdowns on the regular, and I know I remember you and I probably. So when the Sunny Sixteen Presents channel launched, which was August twenty twenty, and I was mm. banging on at you, come on, Matthew, you've got to do something for this, got to do something, <laughs> and you were just like, dude, things yeah. are not great here at the moment. I am not in yeah. the headspace for this, and yeah. um, although things have improved and your mental well being has improved since then, mm. but as you said. It's yeah. taken a while for you to get back into the desire to do creative stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it has. And it's like, I think we're all a little bit broken. So, you know, it's there aren't, there aren't any lockdowns on at the moment, but it's still very, very much a lockdown vibe mm-hmm. outside. You know, people aren't leaving home. You know, we've got the Omicron doing its thing at the moment. I think we had our biggest day of cases yesterday. I mean, I don't like... Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yay! <laughs> uh, you know, don't don't like talking about it because it brings down the mood a bit. But, you know, like it's... People are doing their own version of lockdown now. It's probably what it's, what it's come down to. And I'm just kind of having to force myself to, you know, take a camera out when I go outside mm-hmm. and... You know, like there's, there's only so many photos you can take of your own neighbourhood before things start getting a bit, you know, boring. But yeah, but yeah. That, I mean, that said, I think the act of just picking up the camera and going out and taking pictures. Yeah. Um, I talked about this a bit on the podcast just this week, and um, and I was chatting again to NASA today, and I've made a real effort over the last week to do something, to not sit mm. on the couch and watch a film and to not, or I mean, that's Doctor Who, um, and yeah. to not just play <laughs> video games, not to do the things that were easy yeah. that I have been doing and to go, okay, get up, 
just get up and start doing something. Because once you get up off the sofa, it's mm. amazing how easy it is to just keep moving then. And yeah. Um, yeah. and I actually, like, most evenings this week, uh, I've either done something creative uh, or done something practically useful in, in with regards to my creative stuff. And it's a good feeling to get to the end of the week and go, oh, yeah, I did some stuff. I mean, none of it is good. None of it is like, mm. oh, this is some great art I've created. But they're all steps towards making better stuff. And whenever you do something, you're learning something. You're you you exercising those muscles. You're getting better. And um, yeah, it's just good to start doing stuff, isn't it? Again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you've taken delivery. Did you get today that little camera? Uh, no, not today. Uh, probably. I think it it'll be two weeks. <clears throat> excuse me. Two weeks on Monday from uh, a camera that I've. Borrowed slash uh, borrowed slash leased to buy mm-hmm. <laughs> or something or something. It's a um a Leica CL. I think they also go by Minolta CL. I think I don't really know a lot about those sorts of cameras. But I had a lens, a Voigtlander forty mil lens that fits on it that I didn't have a camera for apart from the the Sony digital. So you know, it's just nice to play with that sort of camera but it's very small it's yeah tiny and i've got massive someone once said i had murderer hands um <laughs> <laughs> no no you got little girl hands and the murderer face i think is what someone probably said oh, okay <laughs> okay yeah like donald trump <laughs> yes um, exactly <laughs> he's got more hair than me though um but yeah it's just something to play with and get and familiarize myself so i'm not shooting as wide as i normally would yeah I mean, it's forty millimeters. It's still wide. Yeah, that's not. That's a to lot. Me, to me, it's a to me, it's a telephoto lens. Yeah, I think that that kind of size. I I love forty mil, fifty mil, um, mm. because especially if you're in an like say, if you are just walking up and down your own street, it really makes it a lot easier to isolate little bits. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Like, all right, they still might not be terribly interesting, but. You can you can go more abstract. You can do more stuff. Whereas when you're shooting super wide or you're shooting with mm. an X pan, you're getting so much in that that whole scene has to be interesting. Otherwise, you're bugging. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, it's nice to just pick out pieces of a scene um, without cropping. Yeah, yeah, and a nice fast lens as well. So, what mount is it on the um, Leica CL? M. Like oh, M. Like a Leica M. Very nice. You'd be amazed to hear I don't have any like M mount lenses or cameras. <laughs> Funnily enough, where did you, you have did. the lens? I've got um no, I've got a like a thread mount. Oh, uh, screw. Camera. Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, how did you cool. end up with the Voigtlander lens? Uh, I well, I used to be okay. So <laughs> I used to be a bit of a Voigtlander fanboy because I just liked how it wasn't Leica. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. so I bought. A Besser, a Voigtlander Besser R3A, I mm. think, years ago, 2006, and it had the lens with it. And then um, I sold that to buy other things, as you do, or as some some people do, I do. Um, and I kept, oh, okay, all right. So I sold it to buy an Olympus EP1, one of the first digital olympus uh mirrorless cameras Mm -hmm. which is in the drawer behind me 
Uh, <laughs> and definitely worth as much as the Voigtlander is oh at this point, I'm sure. God. Yeah, no, that was a mistake. Uh, and I kept the lens, I kept the Voigtlander lens for a bit, and then I liked this other pancake Panasonic lens. I ended up selling the Voigtlander lens, and then I bought another one maybe six years ago, seven years ago, because I just liked the lens so much. Mm. It just sort of sucks the light out of nowhere, you know, like it's just, it never, it always does a better job than what I think it's going to do. Yeah. With terms of light and stuff. Well, it's nice. You've got, you can get out and do some night shooting with it now. What film have you got loaded yeah. into that CL? Oh, <laughs> um, one of my last roles of Kodak BW400CN, the color negative. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I haven't really gotten back into black and white developing again. I After almost ruining some films partway through last year, which contributed to my creative slump, mm-hmm. um, I've got to really pick up my game developing-wise. I need some better reels and I need some better chemistry. So um, I need to do that, buy some, buy some stuff and give it another go. I've got roles waiting to be developed. Oh, get on it. Developing's always fun. Yeah. Listen... Every now and again, you're going to murder some rolls of film. With your big murderer hand, you're going to murder some rolls of film. <laughs> it happens. And you just need to go, you know yeah. what, they're probably crap anyway. Um, that's what oh. I always do whenever I murder a roll of film. <laughs> I, um, I I saved myself from murdering some film. I, I've been using this um, developer uh, called, oh, God, um, Paranol. Paradol? Paranol, I think. It's uh, one of the Tetanol family of developers, so nobody knows about it. And uh, it's basically supposed to be similar to Rodinol. Um, and so I've been using that, and the colour's been getting darker and darker. But I'm like, well, I think this stuff's supposed to be quite long-lasting, so I've still been using it, and it's been working fine. <laughs> and then I picked up the little bottle last week. I wasn't doing any developing, but I was sorting out my chemicals. I went, oh, wonder how much of this I've got left, and I just went to give it a shake, and it rattled. I thought, hmm... <laughs> I'm pretty sure liquid it's, shouldn't rattle. So I thought, I think changed, I need to investigate this. It's changed its state. Yeah, absolutely. I tipped out and it started to crystallize. At which point I went, yeah, I think this is probably done. I think I shouldn't be using developer that is crystallizing. So um, so I'm glad that I found that out the, the easy way for once. Because normally I like to make all it my mistakes the hard way. Or it might have been paranormal activity. <laughs> Boo, boo, Matthew, just boo. <laughs> and on that somber note, let's move on to some emails. We've got a few emails this week to get into. Um, oh, yeah. Looking, so, looking forward to reading those emails. Indeed, indeed. We have got a couple of very interesting ones from Richard Moore, because it's been a while since we've done this. So I'm going to start off with this first one, uh, titled Legacy. What Legacy? Richard writes in saying, Hi, having just listened to the uh, free-ranging discussion about legacy, I feel compelled to write in. There are a few points I'd like to raise. Being an older listener, what happens when I'm pushing up daisies or being sprinkled into the Mersey does have a little more resonance. We lost Dad, the photographer in our family, rather suddenly just over 10 years ago, and Mum a few years later. For those that are fortunate not to have experienced this yet, they will not know what it is like to be yanked to the top of the hill. Being the seniors in the family line, you do inevitably start to think about legacy. 
you suddenly realise you are just one more link in the chain of life that reaches back in time and forward into the future. In a way, it's a bit of a pretentious word, legacy, but it's ultimately how you'd like to be remembered, and photography has a big role to play in that, representing both you, both your family and your life. I took the baton as family photographer early on in my life under my father's influence. As such, I am the one with all the family photos, both his and mine. I physically have them in my possession as negatives and prints, as well as digital scans of a lot of other material. I have family photos going back to the 1890s, which is awesome, and other materials that my brother has found during during his I nearly said gynaecological searches there genealogical searches. Another effect of age, chasing family roots. At the moment, no one in the younger generation is asking me about these. Partly because they really don't know what I've got, but also because being young people, the older generation is not of much interest. I just know that one day it will be. I would give anything to be able to chat to my parents and grandparents about their lives. I'd really like to chew the fact about photography today with my dad. He'd be amazed at what has happened both in the digital world, but also the resurgence of the analogue side he grew up with. Which brings us back to the matter of legacy, or at least photographic legacy. I think you need to be much more methodical if you want any part of your photographic legacy to be both discoverable and actually be worth discovering. So, my method is this. Be ruthless in deleting digital images. Really, really ruthless. Get all your phone images in the same location slash catalogue as your scans and digital files. Once you've scanned your negs for the last time, burn them. You might think someone is going to go through them, but it's not very likely, is it? I have decades of negs, and once I've selected some for camera digitization, that's it. They're going. Honest, they are. Even the ones from 1972. And yes, that includes my slides from when I was young, and thin, and had more hair. Recognise that the only people interested in your legacy are your family, so catalogue all your family stuff. Focus on that, not on your collection of cine still shots of petrol stations. Ain't nobody need any more of those. <laughs> True speaking. <coughs> and as for your early HDR period, the least said the better. <coughs> Think long and hard about metadata. I would kill for some information on the many photos I have dating back about a hundred years. I have a photo of the village my grandmother grew up in. The photo was taken about the turn of the previous century. At some point, someone has written on the back, the last little girl on the right is Betty Christian. Yep, my grandmother in Audlem in Victorian clothes. How much more valuable is a photo with some metadata, even when it's not in pencil? Then the tough part, how to make your files and images accessible to those you leave behind. The last part is the toughest. There was much discussion about hard drives, cloud accounts and backup media. The problem I have with all of these is access and obsolescences. Access can be a problem if, like my dad, you drop dead with zero warning. He was bright and chipper until in his 80s until he wasn't. Fortunately, all his stuff was stored in a camera bag or shoebox. My stuff is all over. 
The other issue is obsolescence of hardware and software tools. If I may make a sweeping generalization, no media in use today will be in use in 30 years time. I guess online storage will probably be all pervasive by then, but will Lightroom 2050 still be able to read the metadata I added via Capture One Pro 2020? I've decided to go down the hard copy route. I'm going to do a large family photo book, heavily annotated with information about the photos, where I have the information, and I'm going to send copies off to all my immediate family, as I think that it's much more likely to last in the family, so my great nieces can see it when they're older. There's no way she'll have access to my files when she's older. They'll have been lost somewhere by someone. Will that photo book have everything in it? No. It's always going to be out of date, but if I live long enough, I might redo it. But it's something. I'm also going to do yearbooks of my own family's life. One for each year. And when I get my darkroom set up, I'll also be printing select images from my then reduced collection of images. Um, I thought he was going to burn all of his negatives. That's going to make it really difficult if you burn all his negatives. <laughs> um, it's got to be easier to pick things to print when you don't have 10,000 images to look through. So yeah, my legacy is going to be hard copy, and I'll leave a nice neat pile of digital files for those that want them. Good luck sifting through that lot. One final thought. There has never been a time when more images were being generated on a daily basis. It behooves all of us that consider ourselves the photographers of our family or loved ones to try and save some of it for posterity. If I may finish with another sweeping generalisation, although everyone with a mobile phone is a photographer now taking tens of thousands of photos every year, most will never be seen again, let alone backed up and catalogued. If you're serious about your photography, make some effort to preserve the best and most relevant of it. Best regards, Richard Moore. Uh, splendid email, Richard. Thank you very much. So, Matthew, um, I haven't asked you about this, but we did actually talk a bit about you on that show because we talked about your photo books, which is a thing that you yeah. do every year. So how mm -hmm. tell us how you got started doing that and what the hell um, to you geez how did i start it, it was just a it was just a process that i wanted to do like um blurb had just well blurb had been around a while um and i just and i, I think i'd already made yeah i'd already made a few books with blurb and and sold a few and i just thought it's just a process I wanted to do. I wanted to look at the photos I had taken that year and put them in something, you know, that wasn't Twitter or, or Flickr at the time. Um, yeah, it was just a process I wanted to explore. And then it became a bit of an obsession mm. and <laughs> it, it was, it was actually, and it still is, it actually became a reason to shoot, you know, like, you know, have, Somewhere September, October, I'd get this little thought in the back of my head: Have I got enough photos mm. <laughs> for a book? And it it become it became yeah, it became an obsession to f make this book and fill this book. Uh, and then it also gave me the chance to actually sort of put aside 
my favorite shots that I've taken that year. So yeah. they're in something, you yeah. know, whether it, you know, the last couple of years, it's just been a digital book because I don't trust international post still at, at this stage. And, um, yeah, it's just it was just a process that I wanted to try, really. Yeah. I think I think um, it's a really good method, and obviously Richard talks about the same kind of thing of making it a yearbook. Mm. Um, but mm. having stuff in hard copy, it gets around that risk of well, what if technology is gone, blah blah blah. Mm. But also, yeah. it just puts it in a really accessible form for everybody to come along. Like people mm. can pick up your zines, your photo book. Sorry, I know you uh, don't like the word zines being applied to your. <laughs> pieces of uh not... <laughs> historic relevance um okay but, <laughs> but um but you know someone can pick that up anyone can pick that up and flick through it and yeah. see for that year what your favorite pictures were what the most meaningful mm. pictures to you were but also yeah. see what the relevance of those pictures is because you always write yeah. stuff to go with them as well mm. Metadata. Exactly. It gives it context. Um, yeah, I mean, I think all the things that Richard said make so much sense. Um, mm. I, I especially like the idea of deleting stuff. I, I think that mm. is a thing that on a rainy, miserable day when I'm not in the mood to do something else, I'm, I'm going to go back to my earliest folders on here from, you know, when I first started taking pictures, maybe even before then, and just go, actually, you know what? Let's just start deleting all the stuff because you don't. You, you, yeah. It's really rare that I will delete anything that isn't just completely ruined. You go, well, I'll leave this on here. Maybe I'll look at it in five years' time and go, oh, actually, turns out that looks great. You won't. Just go through, delete everything, yeah. and leave your best with stuff. Because if after five years you've not thought about any of those pictures, they can go. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I've I've actually talked to a person who's big into making websites and photography and stuff like that about having like a, a website that could potentially be oh, oh, I don't want to say like an in memoriam kind of thing, but something that will last beyond us basically, yeah. um, and. There was a they they thought the project was quite interesting but difficult to maintain long term, yeah. because um, you know there was a while there when website companies were offering like hosting for eternity you know mm. like it's never going to expire you pay like I think it was like a thousand dollars or something might have been more up front yeah and they host you forever but you know. There are there are people out there who would take that as a challenge, you know, <laughs> to hack, you know, and you know, do you do you want <laughs> Yeah. Do you do you want your legacy to have dick photos? <laughs> I mean only on mine, your, obviously. Your, like only, only my yeah, own personal yeah. collection of yeah. curated ones. Yeah. But I uh, and then that was an interesting sort of thought to have. But then one day I actually came to the thought of does anyone ever really throw away books you know like mm. the amount of books you know that you see at op shops mm. of authors i've never heard of you know books on hard rubbish that people leave out on the road you know with their dvds and stuff like mm. 
I, I've never thrown away a book, I don't think. And I don't know... No, but there's other avenues for stuff like that, mm. isn't there? You can you can yeah. take that to Goodwill stores or charity shops or whatever. You yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a weird one. I was over at Anne Marie's again this last week helping clear stuff out, and um, yeah. you know, and there's a big pile of John's negatives and sheets and stuff. And we're like, okay, well, mm. we're going to put this in a thing, and at some point, Anne Marie's going to sort through it. But then yeah. I pulled out from another quiet. Okay, here's another box of older negatives of like all sorts of random stuff, probably before he was a, but still loads of negatives. And she's like, mm. okay, well, I suppose I need to go through this. And you could just see this look of despair in her face. And she's like, yeah. Or could I just throw these away? And I said, yeah, just bin them. Just, just bin them. Yeah. Because you know what? You're never going to scan these. You're never going to want to sit through them. It, all of these pictures will exist digitally somewhere if they're of any value. And if they aren't, then it's just bin them and be done yeah. with it and get those things out of your life. Because, yeah, you just, you are just making work for somebody. When my dad died, um, he left us. He, he, it's, I think it is an age thing. He'd been into researching the family tree for a while mm. and he kind of left yeah. this disorganized folder full of stuff like oh i'd really love it if you guys would carry on doing this i'm like oh mm. and maybe one day when i'm older <laughs> i will yeah. and at that point i yeah. guess i will really want people to be using metadata and be able to find stuff so but yeah, yeah it's not a thing anyway it's in it's interesting stuff and i really appreciate the points richard made there i think they're um mm. they're good ideas and yeah I want to try and get better about my stuff because, as I mentioned on the show the other day, my photos have no data attached to them whatsoever. So, good luck, yeah. anybody. All right, Matthew, do you want to take this next one from Billy Sanford? Billy Sanford. Hello, Sunbeams. I thought the idea of a year-long list of subjects to use for inspiration was an excellent idea. And while most listeners may not be able to relate, I confess that I sometimes struggle when shooting to a theme that is more conceptual than literal. So when the theme of desires was suggested as a topic for January, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I did have this very elaborate thought that I would make a literal interpretation where I call all... Where... Oh, here we go. I've already fumbled. <laughs> <laughs> where I used all sorts of photographic techniques to literally spell out the world word. I was going to source the individual letters of the word desires from a from shop signs as Polaroid images. I would then line up those Polaroids to spell out the word and take a digital photo and create a digital negative for a cyanotype. I was then going to make, take a medium format image of the cyanotype. Oh my god! <laughs> make a digital darkroom print from that ne film negative and then submit an iPhone snap of the darkroom print. Uh, needless to say that it would have probably not compiled with the spirit uh, of the idea that this would be a 30-minute exercise to get us out shooting. Wow, that was a lot. Um, uh, it's also noteworthy that Graham beat me to the punch by sharing an image of the word on a bag of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay, great minds and also yeah. our minds, Billy. Potato potatoes. Um, so I gave it some more thought. I'm... One of my resolution revolutions. <laughs> it's, it's Sunday morning, people. Um, one of my resolutions had had been to work a little 
more Polaroid into my photography and that seemed to fit under the 30-minute brief. And then it occurred to me that I see an example of desire almost every day. Whenever I go outside for any number of reasons, one of my dogs, Tilly, looks out the window at me. She loves to go outside, especially with her people. And this idea of desire meaning to long for something or wish for something or want something just clicked for me. It was a cold and dreary day and although she was inside where it was warm and comfortable, when I walked outside with my Polaroid camera, she looked out the window to see what I was up to, wishing she were there with me. I did let her out after I took the picture. Uh, the f image is attached, and I've also shared it on Flickr. I won't say the address. Um, if anyone cares to take a look, I hope everyone is well, and best wishes for 2022, Billy. Yeah, I'll share that uh, Flickr link in the show notes. And we've got the picture he can look. It's a very yeah. sweet Polaroid of a doggo looking out the window. Yeah. I think that's got a great curtains. interpretation. Uh, I feel your pain, Billy, of... Concept. You anybody who listened to that show will have heard me going, "Oh no!" Whenever Claire suggested the song, because Claire's stuff is all very conceptual, which means I'm going to find it so so hard. And um, yeah. and did and when I thought of desire, like so, I had some ideas, but my ideas were on a similar wavelength to Billy's, um, except. I didn't have the one that I could execute. My thought was, "I'd oh, be great to go into town or go somewhere busy, and get." a picture of somebody looking in the shop window. Um, that's a, a similar thing, like somebody going, oh, I want that. And the, um, But I'm not a street shooter and Whitney is not the kind of place where you can really do that because it's just not that shop windowy sort of place. So, um, mm. But I think this is great. And yeah, these conceptual ones, they are harder. How do you find trying to shoot with stuff like this when somebody gives you a, a much more esoteric topic? Is that something you're good with, Matthew? <clears throat> Not, not really. I kind of, yeah, I probably go for a more literal sense than, than anything like, yeah, desire, like desires is, um, yeah, it can be taken so many different ways. Like, and uh, you know, I would probably be looking for a way to spin something funny into it mm. as well. Like I'm just trying, you know, just trying to be a, a people pleaser and make people laugh. Um, yeah, desires. Wow. Yeah, probably. Ah, oh, you see, there's no. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was camera shop windows, and yeah, I don't think there are any camera shop windows in Melbourne anymore. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, two big camera shops have closed, so. You that's, know, just maybe getting sad. it. I mean, in Melbourne, especially if if Melbourne can't yeah. support camera shops, that's a bad lookout. Yeah. Well, yeah. The the two main ones, the two main windows yeah, were Michael's and Camera Lane, which weren't too far from each other. They had all nice cameras in the window, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, no more of that. That's sad. But that would that probably would have been my first thought. Something camera related. Yeah. People. Yeah. People looking at them. Oh, you know, and it'd be easy to turn the camera on on to myself as well, looking at the cameras. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. I might still try and get out. It's the 29th today as we record this. So I still <laughs> have a here. couple. All right, it's the 30th where you are. Whatever. <laughs> Go off, future boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've still got. I've still got two days. You've got 
a day and a half. So there's still time to get something and with this idea of desire. There you go, Matthew. Mm. You know, you like you've got your new camera to go and play with. Mm. Yeah. Go and go and do something. Go okay. and do a thing. All right. Doesn't yeah. have to be great. That's the whole point with this. It's not about making great stuff. It's about doing something. Just doing something. I got it. I have to pet a dog later, so maybe I'll. I don't own a dog. Take a dog so biscuit. Maybe... Make the dog desire the biscuit and get a picture of that. <laughs> I don't yeah, think you have to go. make a dog desire a biscuit. I think that's a very much mm. an inbuilt behaviour with them. Yeah. Oh. I am looking forward to July. Electric Dreams. That's one of my oh God. Yeah. favourite uh, songs. <laughs> yeah. As I said, I think that's going to be a difficult one for me personally. Um, yeah. But, you know, it it gets you thinking. And even mm. if it doesn't end up with producing something, perhaps, that fits in the thing, if it at least gets you thinking and gets you trying stuff, um, yeah. going through um, John's there were loads of prints and stuff everywhere and loads of like his work in progress and mm. there was a pile of stuff where I, what I assume he'd been doing was making prints of they're just like a close up portrait of himself very dark yeah. and then I think he was kind of painting on them in a very rough way with I'm going to guess Fixer because it just showed up white on there and, you know and he'd okay. written love and hate and stuff like this he was just playing around trying different things but I mm. thought oh yeah you could you could um get a picture of somebody who's you know pretending to be sleeping or actually sleeping if you want to be a real creepo and mm. then you know, use that technique to maybe like draw a little dream bubble on it and fix it and so there's stuff you could mm. do like there's stuff you could have some fun with, with that which um would be experimenting with aspects of it and um or some double exposure stuff there's yeah but that's a way to way david allen could do it double exposures Oh God! Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The he, dream, dream bubble. He made some. Um, I'm sure you've seen some of his uh, reflection images. Some of the ones where you've just got crazy um, architecture going all over the place, like it's something from Inception. Yeah. They are fantastic. Oh yeah, um, yeah they're exactly the photos that I call them too. Yeah. The Inception series. Yeah, they're brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's really nice to see David is starting to like yourself get more active again now as he's got mm. time and he's getting his house slowly into some sort of shape um that's very cool okay i can never find him though because i keep forgetting about the whole bloomsday thing <laughs> oh yeah at d bloomsday on the internet d bloomsday yeah it's confusing anyway, anyway we digress yeah. or you digress i never digress everything i say no, is completely never. on point um yeah. we have the second email here from richard moore and this is related to an earlier show. Uh, so the title of this one is The Masters of Mediocrity and the Holy more Grail. <laughs> more from Richard. More from Richard. More. Um, at the, thank you, Matthew, for your contribution. <laughs> oh, boy. What? You're welcome. <laughs> Masters you of Mediocrity. You pay me the big bucks for. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping quiet for two years. Um, yeah. And the Holy Grail of Imposter Syndrome. Hi, guys. Greetings from Marin County, California, where to add to the list of interesting things that have happened recently, we can now include tsunami warning. That is interesting. Mm. But I digress. Crumbs, everybody's digressing. The subject mm. of my missive, and it's a massive missive, so brace yourselves, while passing muster for an Indiana Jones sequel is really about your pre-Christmas episode where you all proceeded to beat yourself up about your photographic endeavours. I would like to volunteer myself as would-be therapist. Well, we could all do with oh, that. There we go. Cheap. 
Cheap freedom, I might say. There are a couple of points I'd make in response to your thoughts that your work was perhaps without direction and mediocre. To begin with, I'd say now is an unusual time. We are two years into a pandemic which has messed with our social, recreational and travel plans in a way we've not seen in our lifetime, in the main. The feeling of meh is not at all surprising and I for one am hoping that it will lift as it's afflicted me that way. All the things we might have done, all the places we might have gone to, new places and activities have generally not happened. So it's not really surprising that the creative urge has been somewhat dampened by this and the general mood. I am sure some can bring that creative force from within in all circumstances. Sadly, that generally doesn't apply to me. At the very least, I go out of the house and see stuff I want to do something with, but the opportunity for that and the desire to do it has been lacking of late. I have been stuck in Seattle over Christmas. I really don't want to go anywhere far at the moment. I was certainly sleepless in Seattle while trying to sleep on a check-in desk when all the flights got cancelled. Sorry, where was I? Oh yes, <laughs> okay. Good Tom Hanks reference. On to the more general topic of mediocrity. In a world of scrolling through the void, we are inevitably going to be presented with a perfectly curated presentation of someone's best endeavours, and at some level we know that to be the case, but we still look on in disappointment at our own efforts. I know I do. One of the issues relates to presentation in my not always humble opinion. Let me give you an example. I beat myself up for a long time comparing my scanned photos on my large 4K monitor with other images on Facebook on my phone. So I did a test. I uploaded some scanned images to Facebook just to see what they looked like. Let's just say that they looked a lot more like everyone else's. Same goes, I think, for one's arty shots. I'm pretty sure if I did a well-edited video and stuck it on YouTube with a lo-fi soundtrack, they'd look a lot more interesting. The other point I'd make about mediocrity is the issue of what you get out of photography. There's so much discussion and pressure to be a creative. I enjoy using my film cameras partly because of the image, but also for the experiential side. I'm not sure that's a real word, but as a Brit living in the US, I'm going to go with it. I don't consider my photography work. Yeah, I take the odd good photo and occasionally a really good one, but mostly I do it because it's fun and yes, I suppose it gives me a creative outlet. And that's completely okay in my book. But to stop this waffle, I don't think I'll ever suffer from imposter syndrome. I'll never be HCB, uh, which I think is like a JCB, only with a camera on the front, but I still enjoy <laughs> using the cameras and taking the odd good image. So don't beat yourself up over it if you feel the same. Best regards from Richard. Again, many good points in there. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, we take pictures because we enjoy taking pictures, ultimately. Do you... Is, is imposter syndrome a thing you've ever felt, Matthew? Um, only at work. <laughs> <laughs> and that is because uh, you are an imposter at work and you have actually got, yeah, basically, got the, yeah. the person whose job you're doing is uh, in your cellar tied up right well no I had to get rid of the body because oh. I peeled their skin off and oh, wear okay. it and moving on, moving on. <laughs> I will not allow that to continue okay. alright um, yeah no not, not 
not photographically. No. Just, um, you know, yeah. It, I think it's, as, long um, as, as long as you're doing things for yourself and also sharing things that you feel is hmm. your stuff, yeah, then you can't. I think where you can get into not into a, a pickle is if if you're looking at other people's work and comparing it to yours and yeah and i i know i've spoken to claire about this and she i wouldn't say she suffers from imposter syndrome but mm. i think she's more conscious of this and same with rachel as well because these are they are both trying to go somewhere with their work, trying to achieve something. And as part of that, they're looking around at other people who may be in their minds achieving more or whatever. And so you go, okay, well, why is this stuff doing better? And is it because of quality? I mean, the answer is almost always not mostly no. It's just luck. It's being the right place, right time, knowing the right people. Um, Mm. But that point he made about um, the way you look at stuff making a big difference. Um, yeah. So I was, I've been looking at um, or reading some stuff on scanners lately because um, one of John's things that we need to find a home for is this plus tech scanner. And so I was like, okay, I need to find something about this because I need to plug it in and see if it works. And yeah. um, so reading reviews and stuff and reading people's comments saying oh yeah I, you know so i scan all my negatives in at um 12000 dpi and, <laughs> you know, and it can take 12 hours to scan yeah. a roll of um 120 film and you think are you insane yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why, why would you because with my film photography when i'm scanning it in my thought mm. is well this is going to be seen on a phone and most yes. on my on my screen like what it doesn't need to be yeah. great if it, um, because yeah the, the way we look at that stuff is all small and if you're looking at yeah. your stuff huge in all its gory detail on an amazing monitor then of course it's not going to hold up to something that's been shrunk to the size of a playing card on a screen so. yeah it's um yeah well uh, I get you know like shooting shooting for yourself sorry my chair's become squeaky all of a sudden um, or I've just started noticing it um, sh- shooting for yourself yes I I shoot for myself, but at the same time, I shoot for other people too. Like if I see something that I know someone else is going to like, specific people, like whether it's a subject or something, I'll take it. And, mm. you know, I'll show them it and say, hey, look, I I took this, I thought of you, here it is. Mm-hmm. And also, I also enjoy shooting in a style that may not be mine, but I know other people shoot in. And then I say, look, you know, like there's a friend of mine in Sydney, Mike, who, Mike Kievers, um, he shoots, you know, like people, street photography, people walking into the sun, you know, they can hardly see he's standing in the middle of the footpath. Mm-hmm. And if I take a photo like that, I'm in, I'm in that situation, I'll be like, oh, you know, here, here I am doing an impression of Mike Kiever's. Being a big you know, old dick in the middle people, of the street. If people are looking at me, people scowling at me or something like that, I go, yeah, mm-hmm. it's Mike Kiever's. It's, it's a Mike Kiever's shot. Yeah. Um, and on the subject of scanning, I mean, I scan stuff to 
if I needed to print an eight by ten, that's you know like a twenty five meg open file. That's mm -hmm. what I'm not not saved as a JPEG twenty five meg. That would be crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just big enough to print an eight by ten. So if so yeah, if someone ever said, oh, can I have a printer that? Okay, yeah, I can print an eight by ten for you, no problem. And if they needed something bigger, then I have to look at scanning again. Yeah. Although to be honest, twenty five meg file. That would be fine for printing way bigger than eight by ten, wouldn't it? I mean, really? Oh yeah, no, you could push it. You could push it a you lot could push further. It way bigger, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I was just kind of staggered by this revelation that there were people out there making scans of images that were probably at least several hundred megabytes, if not a mm. gigabyte plus yeah. per per frame, and you think. Wow, you must be made of hard drive space. This is insane. <laughs> this is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess it come it comes down to when you got into film photography as well. Like once upon a time, hard drive space was expensive. You know, yeah. it wasn't a cheap thing, and um, you know, you wouldn't want big files because then you wouldn't be able to store as many. But nowadays, you know, like hundred bucks for a two terabyte hard drive now yeah just yeah all who right. cares how big the file is billy big pockets we're not all made mm. of uh dollars <laughs> apparently you are yeah. um yeah but uh yeah it's just getting out of that trap of looking at other people's mm. work and just comparing it to yours is yeah. is the biggest hurdle and um and doing it doing just doing stuff for the love of it yeah. and, and having that motivation for you, you talk about the fact that having your book is a thing that motivates you yeah. to just get out yeah. and take pictures. I think actually having an end point like that is a really big motivator. I, mm. um, doing more printing and having the dark shit is, is a motivator for me because yeah. I enjoy printing, but for me to print, I need negative. So I want to go out and take pictures so I have negatives to make prints. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's not about the end result. It's about the pleasure of doing it. And you know, want to go, oh, look, I made this thing. Because every now and again, yeah. it, it's happened. When I say a couple of times, I mean literally two times that I can think of where I have made a print of some, something and given it to a person and they've yeah. been really delighted. I was like, huh, mm -hmm. I made this thing that made somebody happy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, twice, yeah. you know. So... It's good motivation, I think. Yeah. Um, I you... one, sorry. No, you carry on, dude. Carry on. Um, one of my favourite things in the world is going to someone's house that is I've out on holiday to. and stealing their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, go to their house and they've got a print of one of my prints on their wall. Oh yeah, like that. That is the pinnacle, I think. Yeah. Of or looking on their bookshelf, <laughs> as you do, mm -hmm. look on their bookshelf, and you see your book, a book of yours on there as well. That's yeah. always a, you know, like it doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you've got or Twitter followers. No, just and okay. So I'm dig I'm digressing now. It's at some stage last year, I read a thing or someone told oh, me a thing about. Congratulations! Yeah, I know, right? It's amazing. Don't stress about followers and stuff like get the people who comment on your work or like it the the small group of however many there are whether it's 10 or 100 mm. or whatever and make stuff for them yeah the people who 
you talk to and interact with daily or weekly, um, they're the people that you should be shooting for because they obviously like you and they obviously like your work. So, you know, don't worry about those millions and millions and millions of other people. Don't worry about them. Just mm. focus on the one, focus on the people who, you know, who give a shit. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Sound advice. Sound yeah. advice. Indeed. And I had another thought, but I've forgotten while I was <laughs> talking. <laughs> you, you digress yourself <laughs> off a cliff. I digressed twice, and I can't remember what the original thought was. Well, um, why don't you read yeah. this last email, and maybe it'll come yeah. back to you during the reading Maybe, of... Maybe it'll come back to me. Uh, who have we got here? Craig. Uh, hi, Sunbeams. I was just listening to episode 272, Blue Magic Tree, and you mentioned how you would like to see a darkroom chemical heater other than the Cine Still heater. Flick film based out of a small town on, town in Alberta, Canada, has such a thing. Flick film is also making chemistry and has a few film offerings. You should do the Google and take a look. There's a link there. It's flickfilm, F-L-I-C-F-I-L-M dot C-A. Uh, also, do you th- what? Also, what do you think about the new Fujifilm hybrid Instax printer, camera printer? It's a digital camera, but also a film camera and an Instax Mini printer. I have an Instax Mini printer now, and really enjoy having chemistry-made prints to display and give away. There's a link there. It's Instax.com. Mini Evo. Uh, thank you for the great podcast, Craig. So, um, I am just now, I'm just trying to find this, um, okay, okay, so. Is it a sous vide? No, it's not, and actually what it is, so so I got into a conversation um, after that show with Dave Walker um, about this, Mm -hmm. and and he sent me a message saying, oh, you know, what about um, the things that people use to heat infants milk up you know, mm. and so we looked at some of those and like mm, these all look a bit too small and then he came up with another idea and he said what about a ban marie or bain marie i was like i have mm-hmm. no idea what that is and he yeah. sent me a link and th- what those are again they are big troughs essentially they're the things that <laughs> caterers use to keep things warm in them like your beans yeah. your soup whatever as, and as i mentioned to Sinead about this like oh yeah of course i know those and mm-hmm. actually they look kind of perfect because they're quite big and they're made yeah. of stainless steel you could yeah. and what flick film have purpose made is kind of exactly that idea so i'm looking at their precision temperature water bath now and yeah. it's it is a um metal bath it's got enough room in there for a patterson tank and four pots and it's got what looks like a very precise um uh temperature gauge on there um it looks yeah. really good um it doesn't say how much it is uh, i imagine also getting it over here um, would be quite expensive thing. Um, I think it looks fantastic, and I think especially for a smaller space because um, it's custom built to fit four five hundred milliliter squares bottles, which are included with the kit. So if you're doing mostly single rolls, I guess with a five hundred single roll of color, a single roll of one twenty or um, thirty five mil, then that would be perfect. Um, I tend to want to do, especially from doing color, 
do more than one at once, uh, which might be a bit of an issue. But I think this is fantastic, and it is exactly what I was thinking of. Um, but w- with the absence of those being available here, I am on the lookout for a Ban Marie um, that's not too expensive. Uh, and I know it won't give me the precise control over the temperature. Yeah, but uh, two hundred, roughly two hundred US dollars. Okay, that's not terrible. That's not bad actually, because yeah. for something that's purpose built and um, has the more precise control, because the Bamaries, I mean, the Bamaries are bigger, which is mm. actually probably a negative, given how big they are. Um, yeah, but they don't have; they're not going to have that kind of precision. Um, well, and they're not going to have that range of temperature either. Like you know, they they they're designed to keep food from growing bacteria you know like going bad yeah while keeping it warm so you know the minimum temperature is probably going to be i don't know 50 or 40 or 50 degrees celsius or something yeah probably whereas whereas you want it lower for film processing you know you want 20 20 degrees for for black and white yeah and and 38 for color yeah Mm. um Yeah, but really cool. Thank you very much, Craig, for sharing those because that is exactly. I see. This is the thing. <laughs> you think of something, and you know somebody else has mm. already done it, and then and, that, and yeah. that's brilliant. Um, so listen, some UK uh, supplier needs to get onto this and start importing these things because they look great. They look like a really smart solution to the problem, and definitely something that would be more appealing to me than um, the sous vide route. Uh, the other Do thing we that... still make fun of analog Wonderland <laughs> for, for what in particular? I mean, yes, is the always. No, the I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, Wonder Pants should get them in stock. Oh well, yeah, I don't, yeah and... still, I don't know if it's still cool to pick on them or not. It's, been uh, a while. it's always cool to pick on. Well, it's always cool okay. to pick on Paul <laughs> specifically. <laughs> the rest of the team, though, won't pick on them. But Paul is fine. He deserves everything. Yes. Okay. The other right. thing, um, the new Instax Mini Evo now. Bizarrely, I actually saw that literally last night. I was, um, I can't remember what, I was was searching, maybe I was on um, eBay or something, and I was scrolling through looking for Instax-related stuff because I'm I'm really, I came within a gnat's whisker of clicking go on buying myself a Loma Graflock back for my 4x5 camera it came so so close and the only thing that stopped me in the end um was i was i I was at like i put all my details in i was ready to pay and it said oh just so you know um orders under 135 pounds won't get any tax or import charges i was like this is 145 pounds which reminds me that i am (laughs) gonna get stung with import charges and i was like Ah, oh, that's going to add on probably twenty percent. Ah, maybe I should wait and think about this a bit more. Which is a bummer because yeah. I do really want one. I've been looking at some work of some people this week and chatting to NASA about that, and they look really cool. At some point, I'll get one, but it just was <laughs> enough to put the hold on for now. Anyway, came across this Instax Mini Evo. It's certainly the nicest looking Fuji made Instax yeah. camera. Um very much in the style of their Fuji X range of cameras, isn't it? Yeah, no, it looks it looks like a camera. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a it looks like a you know <laughs> like one of the X one hundreds basically, doesn't it? It's that that yeah. design. 
Um, yeah, retro, retro looking. Yeah, it's got. I mean, saying it's f two, f two point naught. Yeah, f two point lens on it, which is that's pretty quick for um, an Instax camera, isn't it? They mm. normally yeah. tend to be more around f eight. So that's pretty impressive. Um, but again, I mean, it's a basic ass camera in terms of what mm-hmm. the picture taking things. But it is also an Instax mini printer. You can connect your phone to it and print from there. I I think they're pretty sweet. I think Sinead would love one because um, <laughs> she she loves her Instax mini printer. Um, yeah. And this does both. Uh, but she really wants an Instax wide printer next. But yeah, I like them. I think if I was in the market for an Instax camera, um, I would probably consider this i i like it more than their previous digital film combo ones it's even got a little faux thumb winder um which you uh, <laughs> knock that across to make to, that's the print button which you know again mm. it's a bit of fun and you can put yeah. some you can put filters on it and make adjustments to it before you print stuff i like it yeah. would buy um but Obviously, I've got my uh, handcrafted um, Jalubatel, so I've already got the pinnacle of cameras. It's... Is that thing still around? Is it? What do you mean that it's been? It's gone through a revision lately. It's better than ever. Better than ever. Oh, Beautiful thing. Oh um, no! Would you buy one of these cameras? Um. Hmm, no. No. Do you have an? No. Uh, yeah, I, there, there's an Instax camera around here somewhere. It's Amber's. Yeah. Um, it's pink. It's pink and it looks like a marshmallow and its name's Marshmallow. Yeah, I think um, Sinead's got the exact same one. Yeah, uh, but I, it's it's gone missing. I don't know where it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I had one of their like fancy ones for a bit. I bought off a friend who was selling it and then I sold that again. It was like the... Pro Instax Pro something. <laughs> and I don't they know. they've never been called Pro. <laughs> they they wouldn't dare. <laughs> they would not got, dare. I think I've. Oh no, there's a mess. I've got to clean that up later. Um, yeah. No, oh. <sighs> Instax. Yes. I no. I wouldn't buy one. Um, but I can see the appeal of yeah. it, and I think I would rather have a Instax printer. That way, I can print stuff from my yeah. phone. Um, I have played with one of them a little bit. But that's bit, the thing, this does and... that. This does that, but you could also just go out and take pictures on a photo walk with it. With it? Yeah. Okay. Do both. Okay. Do both. £174, so it's it's about the cost of buying an Instax mini printer and an Instax mini, but it's all in one mm. package. Yeah, I, I quite yeah. like it. I think the only thing... I kind of wish it was... I don't know. Do I wish it was the Instax Square? I'm not sure. Um... But I like it. I think it's quite a sweet little camera. Um, yeah. It so. looks good. Yeah, it does. And you know what? I realize that that's a very um, shallow way of looking at things, but <laughs> I've never made any claims to be anything other. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Does it say what sort of megapixels it is? I don't I can't. I don't know because I don't know. Um, oh, it's, it's high diff. Just slightly larger than high diff. Okay. Two five six zero by nineteen twenty. 
Okay, because so you can so like the other one, you can take pictures on there and then export them out as well as as digital things. Well, I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm trying to. Because you could do that with the previous one, the previous instant one, um, but I don't know. I mean, also I just yeah. don't don't know if that's a it's thing. Got, it's got Bluetooth, so one would hope that you can take stuff off it. Yeah. Oh, micro USB for charging only. Mm. Doesn't sound good, does it? No, but you, you can save. You see, the, the it goes both ways. You can take pictures on the camera and save them to your phone, mm. and you can take pictures on your phone and print them on your camera. Oh, that's okay. pretty good. So you can take them off. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And you can use your camera as a remote shutter as well. So yeah. they just need to make an Instax wide one, and everyone will be happy. Yeah, exactly. Although that is such a bulky thing, such a bulky thing. <laughs> it's now it's that thing that you want something that's nice and small and sexy and compact, um, mm. but. You wanted to shoot the big stuff. That's never going to happen. Oh well, I'll yeah. take the sexy. I'll take the sexy and compact small one. Yes, I do like it. I think that's a good little camera, and I think for all that it does, okay. it's a pretty reasonable price point as well. It's two thumbs up from Graham Jago. Yeah, would like more control, but you know what? Just, just be with what you get. That's the, they're making the Instax needs to be for everybody, and that's fine. I think that's fine. Fuji should send you one for testing. They should. They should. I'm sure they listen. <laughs> Nobody listens. Um, only that. Only the intellectual property lawyers are listening. Exactly. Um, right, Matthew. Well, we've got through our emails, uh, and wonderful <sighs> emails they were too. So I think we should get out of here now. Um, All right. Is there anything you want to let people know about? You should let people know that you are back on Instagram, shouldn't you? Yes, I'm back on the Sunny Sixteen Instagram, um, making stories for people to look at and hopefully enjoy um and sharing other people's rec- work as well aren't you as that's another important yeah, thing you do yeah no i'm just having a flick through the the stream and sharing photos that catch my eye i was going to do a thing where i just shared people who used the sunny 16 um hashtag hashtag but mm-hmm. There's not enough people using it. They got it. More people have to use it. It's the same. It's the same faces over and over in there. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. If you're listening and, to this and you're on Instagram, and you want <laughs> and you want to get your picture shown and shared by Matthew. Use the hashtag yeah. Sunny Sixteen Podcast. Yeah. And then I was looking at shoot film be nice mm-hmm. hashtag, and that thing's that thing's a beast of its own now. Jeez, <laughs> yes. That's, that's gone. That's surpassed. Um, <laughs> that's. Yeah, that's taken. That's got a life of its own for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, it really that's a has. monster. It is. Yeah, <laughs> if only Rage could find some way of monetizing that, which you definitely can't, because <laughs> it's a hashtag. Oh, yeah, uh, I think that's one thing that um, I will always hate is hashtags. <laughs> I appreciate why they're useful. <laughs> I, anybody who ever anybody who ever manages to stumble onto my Instagram feed because I never bother to share it um, will realize I also never hashtag anything because I just don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, there's not a lot of point. Well, I, I mean, it, it makes things more visible, but um, I don't want to hmm. force my stuff in front of anybody, so it's all good. Um, I don't think there's anything for me to report either, other than photo walk on the 26th of February. By the time you hear this, I will have put something up on the um, photowalk.me, so go there, sign up for that. It would be lovely to see you there. Uh, and um, we will be back later in the week with a regularly scheduled Whenever it comes out, the Sunny 16 podcast. <laughs> Matthew, thank you so much for joining me this week. Do people still give send you money? 
Yes, they do. But we we read we read that out recently um, oh, okay. on the main All show, right. so we'll, we'll do something with that again soon. But yes, very yeah. awesome people still do that. <laughs> Not me personally, okay, but we don't we don't do that on backing paper anymore. Well, backing paper has become so irregular that it's um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Well, if we'll f- okay. listen, if you send us more emails, we'll do more regular backing paper, and then we'll do more regular stuff like make up nonsense like we did before. These are all promises that I will make and then break at a later point. Um, until <laughs> next time, uh, thank you, Matthew. Everybody out there, have a lovely week. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>